Yeah, we're about to see. I don't see my hairline's fucked. I don't have many haircuts left. Don't fuck this up. (laughs) I got maybe like ten haircuts in my whole life left. I can't. I can't be wasting them. (laughs) That's they asked. They were like, "Yo, you want to get your haircut for this episode?" And I was like, "Yeah, but if I fuck it up, it's like I got on my hand how many I got left. So, whatever." What's your name? AJ. Thank you so much for doing this, man. And thank you. Oh, I'm going to be spinning around, but just know I'm talking to you the whole time. (laughs) We're in Frank's Chop Shop in Rochester. Frank's Chop Shop, Rochester, 127 East Ave, Rochester, New York. Just opened um, last May, May 2022. You were giving me the history of this shit. The history, it's not too long back. Um, Me and my partner, Graham. We're going to Yams Day 2019 in New York City. And we wanted to get some drinks before, so we went to a bar on the Lower East Side. Had too many drinks and walked by the barbershop. And we've been fans of the barbershop since we were little kids. They made a little magazine. We collected the magazines and never really could afford a $50 haircut back then. And we banged down the window until they would come give us a haircut. We paid 100 bucks for a cut and... Now we own a barbershop here in Rochester. So you knew about it when you were a kid and shit. Yeah, we've probably been following the chop shop since it's been open, like 15, 20 years. Do you remember your first memory of it? Of the barbershop? Um, the main memory, I bought a hat when I really couldn't afford it. It was like, probably like an $80 hat, Frank's Chop Shop hat. I wore it for years, and that was like, it's crazy to think about buying a hat from someone, and then it's like, comes full circle yeah because i was asking you in the beginning i was like do you cut hair like do you have any connection to this Definitely shit not. Maybe that's an angel <laughs> yeah exactly you're you're the how did so you just did this because you wanted to be part of the history pretty much i mean hopefully we believe in it and it's gonna make some money too and we're gonna grow as a team and build a team of barbers and try to get them to cut in other cities there's four other shops there's three in Japan, and the original one's Lower East Side, Manhattan. There was one in L.A. I don't know if they're reopening or not yet, but they closed during the pandemic. How did one happen in Rochester? We just kind of got that haircut that night before the concert, and the next day he texted us and was like, let's get together, get some drinks and talk, and kind of offered us to bring one to Rochester. So... That's awesome. I'm had to, glad to hear about that. But what's your, like, do you want to give, like, your introduction? Me? I'm Corbin. I'm from Rochester, New York. Uh, I'm 33, about to be 34. All right, give your weight. No, I'm uh, just kidding. <laughs> blue eyes. Um, I have been into hip-hop and music, clothing, fashion for, like, my whole life since I was a little kid. Um about five years ago, I opened a sneaker store called Capacity here also on Park Ave. And that's been going good. Um, that came, gave me the opportunity to meet a lot of new people, and bring a lot of like events and hip-hop artists and other types of artists to the store. Um, some people from the town and some people from other places all over the world. Um, it's, it's pretty cool to have both now. Because they kind of go together, haircuts and clothes and shoes. You kind of need yeah. all three. So, like, being part of hip-hop without being, like, Definitely. an artist. We, we were all, we were sitting in the car, you, me, Mark, and we were like, oh, we get to all be almost professional fans in our yes, own definitely. way. I am a big fan of a lot of people I work with and a lot of people I've met um, become good friends. That's such a real thing. Like, people who I don't want to talk to, it almost would come in disingenuous with this like you only really want to work with people you have a good connection with it's not fun nothing goes good if you're not like in the mood with someone you gotta like connect somewhere yeah like to be best friends or like like the same things but if there's a common interest there's a lot you can do with just small common interests we were talking about the events and shit like concerts 
and putting like the money's cool like making money from events is awesome but if you're working with people you don't want to enjoy like you were talking about with concerts you want to do concerts with people you want to see like what type of life is that like yeah it's just like when it's only for the money it's not as interesting and you're not going to make as many friends and you're yeah. not going to experience things the way you should or could i guess in my opinion i don't really do it for the money I'm kind of here, like we were saying in the car, to, like, bring opportunity to other people. Yeah. Um, with the shoe store, there's a lot of opportunity for local people to sell their things that they might not want anymore. Um, we offer sneaker consignments, so we sell shoes for people for them to make an income. And do you, do you in the car, you were saying, like, oh, I could have done, like, A&R, I could have been this. Did you know what you wanted to do in music was owning a like being a business owner what your like path was from like 18 to mid 20s 25 maybe 26 i wanted to do be in music i wanted to somehow find a way whether selling clothes to rappers rolling weed for rappers whatever i had to do to like just be on tour meet new people connect with people show people what i could do for them and i tried it like I was telling you, I've been on a couple tours. As a professional weed roller? One tour, 26 cities, 30 days. Pretty much just rolled weed. Are you a good-ass roller? No, I'm not even that good. I was just at the right spot at the right time. <laughs> you see those fucking joints and shit that they roll? They look like like AK-47s. Those like professional. I think, on high times. But why would you even, like, I don't even want to smoke that shit. Nah, that it's was- just for fun. Yeah. I don't know. It's like a sandcastle. Yeah. How'd you get the fucking professional rolling job? I was on tour with Emilio Rojas, who's from here. Oh, okay. He yeah. He's on, from here? Yeah. That's he crazy. went on tour with Dizzy Wright from, I think, Vegas. Mm-hmm. And I went on that tour with them. Originally, I was just picking out outfits and helping Emilio create an image. Um, then... They invited me on that tour as basically a stylist position. And it ended up not being needed. He kind of just wanted to wear what he wanted to wear, so I was there. And I just started rolling weed, and they said, can you roll weed for us while we're on stage and then just bring it out to us? And, yeah, that's what it was. So you just had how many roll joints do you think, or blunts did you roll a night? Dizzy Wright definitely a heavy smoker. Box of box of blunts a night for sure. You ever see the uh, picture of like Snoop Dogg's ashtray, and it's all the joints, and they have yeah. like one hit taken off of it, like yeah. two hits taken off of it. He smokes like a hundred blunts a day, but he <laughs> only hits them all. Once. Literally, it's like he's like, oh, I smoke an ounce a day, but he's probably actually smoking like a quarter of it. <laughs> it's so funny. I saw a Chief Keef once. I've seen him a couple times, but he had a uh, blunt roller. And I always wondered, like, how does someone get that job? Like, you would just point at this dude, and he'd I mean, roll him up. Getting paid minimum wage back when I didn't have things going on, I definitely would have done it any time of day. So how did that lead to like, hey, it was good meeting you, man. How did that lead to like, all right, being a successful entrepreneur? You rolling, you fucking rolling blunts, you fucking just doing whatever to just get into the industry. I really pride myself on like connecting dots and. Making sure the, the line in between the two dots are really strong. So when All I good. chose to just take it into like a professional business side, I was selling stuff. So I just kind of connected those people that I was on tour with, the people that I was meeting. I was selling them a pair of shoes here and there. I'd send them stuff. They'd come here and buy stuff. Just kind of rolled into that. Got in a lot of trouble doing something that's have done, and I opened up a store. And I am today. You said you got in a lot of trouble? Yeah, I used to do stupid stuff, sell weed, anything you think of. Really. Yeah. Got in trouble. Got out of trouble. And started selling shoes for real. Now I can pretty much just pay my bills by selling shoes, which feels good. I don't have to do anything. Look over my shoulder, worry about anything. Did you just have a crazy collection? How was selling shoes like the thing you were going to start doing? Uh, yeah, definitely had a crazy collection. Probably like 20, 40 pairs when I opened the store, though. Not a lot. I opened the store with um, one business partner. He lent me $9,000 for my idea. 
50-50 partnership. Didn't work out. I bought him out the year after, and now I'm a level owner capacity. How long ago was that? That was four years ago. He's been, he's been open a little over five years now. Wow. You yeah, mean... So that is, the crazy thing with capacity was, like, when that happened, I didn't really have extra money. Shamil, does it sound all right? All right, cool. And I was... You might have to talk into the mic a little bit. I was kind of struggling when I bought my partner out. I spent all the money I made to own it myself and not have to worry about things that were not good for business. Yeah. And for that next year, it was pretty difficult, like I was saying. And then the pandemic hit. And everything closed down, obviously. Everyone was pretty sketchy to go outside in the beginning. But when people did start going out, Everything was still closed, and since I have no employees, I was able to be open legally. So for about two and a half months, I was the only shoe store open in Rochester, Buffalo, or Syracuse. No malls, no local stores, no resale stores. There actually weren't any other resale stores. Because you had no employees. Yeah, just because I was going to be there by myself and keeping my business alive, basically. They gave permission to those type of businesses to stay open. Or to reopen earlier, I should say. And business was going amazing. I was selling two pairs of shoes a day to going to selling 20 pairs of shoes a day. And it was just an amazing time in the business. And got us to where we were over there now. Yeah, what happened in the shoe market? Because I feel like things really changed with, like, the online. Was it what, like, StockX was the thing Stock that really... Goat, Flight Club, Stadium Goods. There's tons of marketplaces. Because there wasn't... It wasn't as... No, about five years ago, they didn't have those marketplaces. It was just little boutiques and shops. People thought, what, was it figuring out uh, bots and shit? I'm so ignorant That's to the fact... That's but yeah, I mean, it's not part of the sneaker culture at all. It's just for making money. There's no, like, sneakerheads botting. They might be now because it's the only way to get shoes. But um, the, the game, sneaker game, just totally changed once the online market came. For the worse? For, for the culture, yeah. I mean, for people to make money, it's obviously a huge billion-dollar market now. You see those kids who are like 12 years old. I remember like years ago, who was that wicked famous kid who would sell shoes to like, yeah. Benjamin Kicks, he's with, he's like kind of tied in with DJ Khaled. So he had the in for sure, but he was the first one selling a thousand pairs of the same shoe. Pretty crazy making like $20,000 on a Saturday. Yeah. Because that was, I feel like, all right, for me, I was a casual sneaker fan. But with the pots and everything, bots and shit, it really did, like, ruin it for yeah, me. Like, the enjoyment of it. Unaccessible in the wrong way. Back in the day, you really were trying to obtain shoes that were hard to get. Now they're just hard to get for the wrong reasons. It's people with the most money and capital just buy it all. And I think it's hard. It's cool that your shop has thrived, especially during in the last five years, because I feel like when that hit, a lot of the like sneaker shops I went to would shut down and uh, shut yeah. down and everything. Another part of the pandemic was crazy was the looting. We had to um, we watched a local like it's called Villa, mm-hmm. it's a local sneaker store on the East Coast. We watched them get broken into by like a hundred people at once. We drove by when we heard it was happening, saw it happening. I called my family, we came to capacity and emptied the store out. Did you have any looting at your store, like anyone break in? in. Um, I've had about nine or ten break-in attempts since I've been open. Any successful? Before, during, and after. No, no one's ever gotten in. Every time we go, it gets a little... Did Adam build your door? Yeah. Shout out Adam for making the crazy um, gate. Oh, shout, yeah, all right. He's a super welder around here. Yeah, he is, yeah. He travels around and welds shit, like, all around the country, right? Yeah. That's what's so cool. All right, so, like, think about what you're doing, and even just owning this place as a fan. Think about what I get to do. Think about him traveling around welding. I don't know, like, when you're a kid or when you're younger, even, like, in your early 20s, and you don't know, you're like, there's three career paths. Like, you really don't know what you're going to do. You really do just find your passion and work towards it. 
I mean, if I chose my passion to, to be a job, I would be like a corporate weed guy. Because I like, that's my favorite thing is to smoke weed. So you feel like you didn't follow your passion? Definitely not. Definitely not. I didn't see myself. Not that I wouldn't be an entrepreneur of some type, but I always thought I would own my own businesses. But I never thought I would live the rest of my life reselling sneakers. I knew that would be a platform. You didn't love sneakers like that. I love sneakers, but as it got going, the love for sneakers fell out the door. It became more of just reselling and reselling to make money. And that's not really what I love. I I like collecting. I like bartering and trading. The sneaker store has a whole nother, like, basically another aspect of the store. We do a lot of trading cards, toys, any types of collectibles, comic books. That's like what I'm passionate about. When someone comes in and wants to trade 50 comics for a box of Pokemon cards or sports cards from 1980 for a new box, that's what I want for the community is somewhere to buy, sell, and trade, not just resell you and take your money. Do you still feel passionate about that? Yeah, that's where I'm trying to expand my business. Not shoes at all. Shoes is a great revenue stream. But I just mean passion-wise. Passion-wise, it's like trading. Buying something for 50 cents at a yard sale and then like bringing it in the shop and charging two bucks for it. And someone comes in and gives you a $5 toy for it. Mm-hmm. Then sell that $5 toy for 10 bucks or trade it for a $20 toy. You know what I mean? And just kind of build it up. And that's really what the store is. We started with 20 or 40 pairs of shoes, 10 Supreme shirts, some accessories. And now there's 200 pairs of shoes, thousands and thousands of toys. The toy thing's huge. Yeah, it's really cool. I, I'm going to be the honest. Out of all the things I've done, the people, the nicest, most genuine people are the collectible people. They collect Pokemon cards and Funko Pops. How many people who have Pokemon cards know how to play Pokemon? That's what I want to know. That's why I loved Pokemon as a kid. I never knew how. Did you know how to play Pokemon, the actual game? You knew, Shamil, did you know the game? Nah, I just like looking at the animals and shit. So, what's what's your for your you page on Instagram look like? Like, what's your for you page where it shows you all the content? Things you like, it's sneakers, weed, mostly weed and wax. That's like. I'm passionate when I take an hour off of it from working. I want to just smoke the best weed in the world. Yeah. Shout out 40. I'm smoking um, Squints and Squints on um, Wendy and Liz. I haven't tried them yet. I got to try them. Shout out 40 USI Gun. Isaac Paleo on the artwork. Shout out Isaac. Yeah, he's sick. We all love him around here. I have, he did a like a drawing on the podcast. That's right. And I have it hanging up. It's just like on. It's just like markers on a piece of white paper. But that shit's like. It's incredible. And he's. I love. I love that they're all good dudes. Like I was after the West interview. I was in the studio with him till six a.m. Like he's just a good dude. And he's the dude. I didn't even realize that toys were so fucking popular until I saw Wes's collection. His collection's crazy. Yeah, I sold them a couple things. I sold Westside the um the Supreme Mortal Kombat video game machine. Oh really? Arcade machine. He has that down in Atlanta, I think. Yeah. yeah. Where did we? Crazy. Where did we meet for the first time? We met somewhere um, with Thousand Words of Rome, but then I think I met you again at the Rapper First Choice event you were at. Oh, at the Benny's birthday thing. Yeah. We met there and then at um, one of the events at the um, Buffalo Kids Gallery. Okay. So we met a couple times. We never really chopped it up too much, but we've definitely been around each other. Yeah, it's funny. I feel like it's cool that we got to do this when, when Mark do it together. I, I didn't know it was you at first, but yeah. then when I saw you walk in, I was like, oh, I know this. Yeah, I know this, dude. It was just, yeah. that's cool, the thing I do like about... Did you lose your passion with music like you did for shoes? I never really, like, I love music. I listen to music all day, every day, all kinds of music. Like, I don't even, I'm not picky. I like, I'll go to any concert, of any country concerts, rap concerts, rock concerts. Like, I just like the experience. I like the energy. I like backstage. I like the idea of, like, 
sneaking backstage. That was my favorite thing to do as a kid. Like, yeah. me and my little brother, like, met part of G-Unit. Like, we've done, we've done it all. We've met, been to every concert. And now it's like we're welcome backstage. It's crazy. Everywhere we go, we're like, oh, hey, what's up, bro? Good yeah. to see you again. They're like, oh, come on, let's go, let's go. And, like, between shoes, weed, and just, like, friends and family, bro, like, we, we've done it all. We just want to, like, offer stuff to the community now. But you didn't have a passion. You're saying you didn't have a passion in no, music. I wasn't like really too the- passionate about music as, like, career path. Besides, like, styling people and clothing aspect of it, which I think I should have stuck to because there's some people out there making crazy money picking out clothes for a little baby and people like that to wear. They're making a half a million dollars a year. From styling? Oh, yeah, easy, if not more. And then you got people like Pusha T who are on a whole nother level of fashion and music. And, like, those those people have full-on careers making huge money just styling them, picking their clothes out, picking their shoes out. What percentage of people do you think style themselves versus have stylists? Hip-hop artists? Yeah. I think it's probably like 50-50. Some of them want to do their thing, and some of them don't know what to do and trust someone else. There's a lot of aspects of hip-hop where you can have someone else do something for you, you know? You can yeah. sign to a record label, and they'll do all the things for you. Or you could do it independent and do whatever you choose. Can you look at someone and tell if they have a stylist or not? Like, this motherfucker's just oh, dressing yeah, himself. Especially because I do it for a living. Um, yeah. You know what the genuine, like, when someone saves up their money to buy a pair of shoes, it's a lot different than someone that, like, just has it and wastes it. So, yeah, you can definitely tell. Some people, like, will get you, but most of the time I think you could tell. Do you think it's so funny with um with shoes... I always judge someone on their shoes, but I always don't know, like, sometimes I don't know, like, what colorways are the rarest shit. Do you judge? I, when I was younger, you had to judge people on their shoes. They weren't about it if they weren't. But the older I got, bro, I wear old shoes every day. I just put these on for the interview, bro. I'll go through the same shoe. I'll wear the same shoe for a year straight. Yeah. How many um, personal pairs do you have now? I actually just sold a bunch of pairs just to... Make space, basically. But I probably have, like, 100, 150 pairs. Okay. Yeah. I'm still definitely a big sneakerhead. Yeah. It's just not something, like, I, like, am giving up my extra time for. I'm not giving, I'm like, I'm not waiting in lines for shoes anymore. I've done everything. I waited in line. The biggest shoe recently that came out was the Orange Lobsters, and they do, like, color variations each year. Me and Graham, who's my partner at the Chop Shop, and my brother and mother waited in line in Harvard Square, we were just talking about Harvard. Oh, what, what concepts? Yeah, concepts for the original Blue Lobsters. And I was the first person in the world to purchase them. Really? I almost went to that drop, actually. Yeah. You were the so, first person so in the world. Like where, how far me and Graham go back, that's probably like... Yeah, you might have to cut a little bit on top. Ago. This is looking crazy as hell. Yeah, just it's just good. Yeah, thank you. That's just, it does look like a young Albert Einstein. I just got the fro. It looks good. What are you gonna do? Do you do anything with your hair? You don't give a fuck. No, I don't. I wear hats. Shout out, um, what am I wearing? Aster Club. Yo, hats also are blowing up now. That's bigger than shoes now. The fucking yeah, hat. Hats are crazy. What is I, that? I'm addicted to hats. Anything, any Yankees hat, full patch on it, I gotta get it. You think you have like an addictive personality? Oh yeah, bro. If you come to the crib, you'll see. Um, I just get get in the zone or something, and I have to be. For collecting. Yeah. Like, Were you a collector as a kid? Like, did you? Yeah. I've been a reseller too since I was ten years old. Really? What was the first thing you cards. sold? Um, Beanie Babies, Pokemon cards. Sports cards. It was just I was you. like doing trade shows when I was 12, 15 years old. So you, it was you were the, like it's it's it funny. Like definitely, a but you don't see it as a passion. No, no, not anymore. It definitely was. I wanted to open a sneaker store for my whole life since I was a little. Kid. Your passion now is weed, like what, like, like weed hash and giving other people opportunities, like opening a barbershop. I don't cut hair, so it's just one more chair where someone else can sit and make money and learn and grow. Do the art gallery. So every other Frank's Shop shop is really small because they're in major cities. They are smaller than just our front area, basically. 
then we have another thousand square feet, so we open the art gallery in the back. And we do a first Friday event every month for a new artist. And we got artists locked in for the next few months. We've had an artist every month since we opened. And that's another big aspect where we're trying to help people. Right now we have a teen photo program. We let them use the space. Three other artists took photography lessons, kind of, with a big photographer from here, Good News, Christopher Good News. He does a lot of hip-hop photography, does a lot of sport photography, a lot of local events and stuff. Um, he's the one who basically set up the show. So was, it's pretty cool. We've had um, a few local shows, a few graffiti artists, um, lots of different art. We're going to bring some bigger artists coming later on this year. Yeah. A couple in New York City. Um, we just locked in Thousand Words to do an event. Shout out Thousand Words. Yeah. Shout out Rome. Great He's gonna dude. have like a photo gallery where everything will be for sale for people that aren't able to buy stuff from people like him where it's really limited and it's only at shows. It's only had his events. It'll be here on sale, on display. And it's just one of the cool ones. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other cool ones like that. Cafe, the cafe. Oh, shout out Billy. Yeah, Billy Esco. He is doing an event in March. Oh, word. Yep, he's doing a gallery show here. It's going to be based off the hats. He's Um, so talented. He's one of them. Yeah, he's. Yeah, and he can do anything. He's really good at what he does art, design, and clothing, hats, music. He's an all around guy. Where did you find this new, like, this newfound passion of wanting to help others instead? Like, I found it, like, within myself, I feel like. I was, like, doing things through the sneaker store while I was making an income and paying bills and trying to, like, make a living. I was doing events for free. So everyone else charges for everything. I don't think I've done an event I've charged for since I've opened capacity. We do free events here. We do Saturday swaps with people that are local clothing brands, resellers. Vintage clothing, they come, set up in the back, have five, six hours to chop it up, talk clothes, shoes, art, and sell stuff. And that's that was a pretty good thing we did. Um, we had the after party for Mark's event here. It was amazing. So Jay Black, a lot of um, local artists. Who else was there? Horrible names. Tons of people were there. And then everyone came out from the Harmony House. Shout out again, Mark Rocks. Exotic Roots, sorry. Sick event, came here, did some like rap stuff, you know. But there wasn't a moment that you were like, all right, I do want to use my quote unquote powers for good, you know. It was just more just maturing really, over really time. Good people, my parents are both huge community people. They do a lot for us, and they do a lot for their family. But they they do a lot for the community. And growing up, if you just See something? I just posted something earlier. It's like, if you play basketball every day, you'll get better at basketball. If you invest every day, you'll get better at investing. If you just are around good stuff, you're going to get good at stuff. So yeah. Like, from being a kid and being around my parents, who are both entrepreneurs, I learned that. Being around my brothers, I learned different things. Being around my friends, I learned different things. And I just... Money doesn't do it for me, I guess. I like... I'd rather have a new chore. Like I'd rather go buy a Maritime pillow for 500 bucks than have 500 bucks in my pocket to just you know, waste on a bottle at the bar. You know, like, yeah. I don't at all. It just doesn't do it. It's, when someone comes in the store and buys something, if they can't afford it and you know they really want it and you're not coming out of pocket and you could drop the price a little, like, things like that make me happy. Yeah. Give someone a little deal. Like Angel, if you see someone who needs a haircut, I'll do it for free. You can't do every cut for free, but we try to help everyone. Yeah. I think that you were talking about, like, if you do whatever all the time, just being around and being a good person and building connections. Like we were talking, being, like, the person that connects the dots. You need those people in life because some people just don't want to go out and meet new people, explore, like, 
whenever anyone asks me how do you get any of the shit, 90% is just showing up. Just showing up and being a good person. Be a all right hang. Like, I mean, and if you have some type of ability where you can help someone, that's just your foot in the door. Yeah. Even like, like you're saying, with having no skills in the beginning, you can still find a way in the door. There's no there's no real rules in the world or limitations. Like, you can be poor and go to a rich event and have no money and still be drinking and smoking and partying with the rich people. We've all seen people. Well, that's... We've been places we weren't necessarily welcome, and then you feel like you're the brother of the people there by the end of the night. That's when you know you're doing something good or you have something to offer. It doesn't have to be money. You can offer, if you're good at cracking jokes, and people like hearing your jokes, and every time someone has an event, you go do stand-up for free. You're helping. There's lots of ways to help. That's my favorite thing about comedians is, like, and Shamil, you can relate to this. Like the craziest people, the people you never think you would be friends with because they're working so hard at the same thing you are. I've made friends. I guess with rap too is like that. It doesn't really matter who, who you are. It's just cool seeing people with passion. Yeah, exactly. No matter what that is, I'm going to fuck with you if you have a passion for something. Yeah, just belief in something. like just In something, yeah. Falling in the pool and like just trusting your beliefs and... Just like, even without goals in the beginning, goals are important, but you want to just get in there and you want to do something, just do it. Don't hold back. Take yourself seriously. I think a lot of people are lost. It's because they're just not taking their time seriously. And that's fine. But just be like, all right, whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to do it with purpose. Yeah. Uh, Angel will tell you about doing it with purpose. Like, he comes to work every day. He's one of the hardest working people. To me, it's just about consistency. You don't have to be good at something. If you just keep practicing, keep doing it over and over and over, you'll get good. And sometimes the people that are best at something slack off. And for example, like if someone doesn't get their hair cut or gets their hair cut with the same barber over and over and then that barber stops being available, they're still going to need a haircut. So that barber lost an opportunity. And then that opens the lane for a new barber. So, at other barbershops, like in New York City, they can't accept walk-ins because they're too busy. But here, we're able to. It's a different community. Like, it's not just like a bougie shop where you're not welcome. We cut everyone's hair. We cut everyone's hair. Angel will take care of anyone. And same with the other barbers. We have a whole team of everyone that's hardworking, wants a future in barber world, wants a future for the shop. Wants to work together and grow things. After just being consistent is so important. Just going to work every day, studying what you want to become better at. Just read about it. Yes. Yeah. Go to museums if you like things. If you like art, go to every art museum. If you like, you want to open a barbershop, go to every barbershop you walk by, walk in, asking questions. If you want to open a sneaker store, come to capacity and show me your passionate and I'll help you. It's really funny. I um a piece of advice I heard was someone who's like if you don't know your passion, look at what you take pictures of. Definitely. Like look at what you take pictures of. And when I was starting the podcast and I didn't know who I wanted to interview, I was just either interviewing comedians and stuff. I looked and it was all rap concerts. That's all I went to. Those were all the pictures I took. Definitely. And that, like, really, when I think about that, I'm like, oh, shit, that inspires. You don't have to know what you're going to do. You just have to have the purpose with it and the consistency, as you said. I guess then think something you triggered it a little. Something I'm passionate about is being somewhere I'm not supposed to be, but not in a bad way. Like, not something criminal, not something harmful, but, like, backstage at a concert is a great example. It's a little more energy than you'll ever experience if you've never been to a big concert and backstage. Um, it's endless opportunities. The backstage at a concert, you can just continuously network and network, and it's all people doing things to make other people better, to make music better, to make the community better. So next time you're at a concert and there's a gate and it says don't go through it, just go through it. Say hi to someone. Tell them you know someone there. And I'm sure... You might not get through the first time, but they're not going to kick you out. They're just going to tell you, go watch the show where you're supposed to. 
You're not going to get in trouble if you just don't harm people, don't cause problems. You can definitely cross those lines and get to places you've never been and never thought you'd be able to be. And that's exactly how I made it where I am, was just jumping over a fence and telling someone I know the guy on stage and them believing me and them being able to talk to everyone. And being a good dude, because don't do... The, the second part of that advice is don't do that and be a shithead. Yeah. Do that and be... A, I, I, Definitely I, don't sneak backstage and go right to the liquor or right to the weed. No. Someone's going to notice. The person yeah. who paid for that liquor is going to know you're not supposed to be there, and they're going to take it from you. I followed Conway outside of a show in, like, 2017, which was dumb, but I knew I was a good dude, and I just wanted to tell him how he inspired me. And that's literally how Conway knew me. That's how the whole Griselda thing got started. Like, yeah, by taking a chance. And that's what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know yourself, bro. And be a good. It's just being real. Yeah, and if fake it, you wouldn't have made it. Yeah. You could have got a crazy edge up every day, and had the craziest presentation and wear thousand dollar sneakers i don't think you would have made it no this is the, the first time you, i'm ever getting a the real you bro is cool like people like it we appreciate what you're doing that means a lot and i think i i, I appreciate that but i'm saying it for anyone listening like that's how, how you should feel about yourself like People are going to tell if you don't like what yourself in a certain way and you're trying to do something else like yeah. You can tell in the energy. You can tell when someone's lying about their shit and their music or when they're joking about okay. shit they haven't. It's if like. You've seen it and if you've done things in life and you hear a rap song, you know they're not really doing it. <laughs> like, a very select few are really doing it or really done it. The yeah. ones are marketing geniuses. And those things people want to see and hear that you just have to say and do and they'll believe you. Yeah. And I want to go back to the consistency thing, too, because I had a point I wanted to bring up about, like, Drake. And I don't, I don't think Drake's listened to this podcast, and I actually enjoy Drake. But I don't think he's the best rapper, and I don't think anyone in the whole world we would say... <laughs> we'll get him to listen. listen to <laughs> no one would say he's the best rapper in the world. No one would. But he's the most... Cons- he doesn't have to be, because he probably he outworks everyone else. Every aspect of rap. It's like Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart's not the funniest comedian in the world, but he's the hardest working, so that's why he's the most successful. There's a lot of people that would agree with me and there's a lot of people that wouldn't, but I've always said that the bars aren't how you make it. Your image is really important in the industry, which is sad to say. It's not rap so people get dressed. It's rap so you can get them making songs about where they're from, how they live, what they do, what they wear. Which is great, but when you start lying about it, it's like, yeah, yeah. Do you, yeah? Do you feel that with clothes, especially, like clothes and shoes? You're like judging someone. I'm not a very judgmental person. Mm-hmm. Who do you think the best dressed rapper is? Best dressed. Which is a great look, but if everyone does that, it gets like very mm-hmm. You're wearing designer shoes with streetwear, and then you're wearing a designer hat, and you're wearing a ski mask. It doesn't really go together. You might as well go for an interview. I mean, for a music video. Yeah. Those outfits are made for that, but on a daily basis, and you're dressing in fucking maniac and sneakers, wearing like a face mask. Yeah. What makes something like good style? Like what makes Pusha T dress well? Honestly, I mean, I base that off of like fashion, like real fashion, you know, overseas, New York City, like fashion shows where they're wearing things that fit and flow together and look good in pictures. Like sometimes you might wear really cool clothes and expensive clothes and you can't get a good picture because you just look crazy. So you really just got to, it's about putting it together. Again, it's just my opinion. Some people 
like dressing crazy. Yeah. Like you walk around New York City, you see everything. You can't really judge anyone because they could just judge you too. And wearing shit that fits. I hate people. Yeah, right it's now, hard. Thing, I'm not really like, I'm not knocking anyone, but the big skater pants, like the fucking size 50 waist with a fucking belt tying you, like choking your waist down and you have these crazy pants on like, I don't even know how they can walk in. I'm a forty. I'm a forty-six. Yeah, but you fit them. Like, <laughs> that would be crazy. Yeah, 46. I'm a forty-six. Yeah, isn't that crazy? I'm a forty-six. I'm a big guy. I'm a forty-six. I, I mean, dope as hell. I appreciate it, man. It looks great. I haven't been able to look at it the whole time. Oh, did I get the cord stuck? You gotta get a video tag. Oh. Damn, you really did, Sam? Nah, Angel, that was the wrong way. Here, I got you. Gotta go. No, we do have to go. Pull real fast. The cord will spin around at 100 miles an hour. If you have to get up, that's fine. Oh, this shit. Don't do it. I get to unplug the cord. Don't pull on it. Don't pull on the cord. Grab it. Grab it. You're good. We good? Is this part right here? And like that, we're good. <laughs> I do love the haircut, though. This is how, see, it's hard. You don't know how a live uh, haircut's going to go. Perfect. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. It's a TV show where they do the um, interviews in the barbershop with LeBron James. Isn't that called, like, barbershop or some shit? I don't think it, I don't think it's called The shop. The shop. That's what this was like. Think about it. <laughs> this is a very uh, DIY yeah. version of the shop. This is cool, though. I love what I do love about this podcast is it can be anything. Yeah, there's no rules. I've watched tons of years, and it gets wild. It gets wild. We, we get do wild, it in. But we don't need to. We don't. We do it in any location. Do you get wild? All right. Are you a collector of like hat, like dab rigs, like really expensive glass? I'm not and a collector shit? of rigs. I'm a solid Puffco user. Okay. Yeah. Puffco. Um, I have a couple pieces of glass. It's not really my thing. I I do collect like smoke stuff per se. Um, there's lots of like novelty, like the dab. Pen things like the things you scoop the wax up with. Mm -hmm. It's like super high end shit. I yeah, those like pens that heat up for you shit. and shit. I yeah, a, I'm a definitely got a like a wax corner at the crib. That's all the best wax in the world. But you could. I didn't realize how expensive those oh, rigs yeah. could be. Like I was smoking out of a fifteen thousand dollar one, and that wasn't even that expensive. They were saying compared to others. It is wild. There's some good glass blowers around here too. Mark definitely knows a few. Are you into like the hash? What's what's that special hash called? The hash. That's rosin. the yeah rosin. rosin. That's the like. Yeah. Shout out Jamos Primo. He's from Rochester. He's blown up. Um, Man, thank you so yeah, much. You name it, we're on it. We 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 love smoking. We were I'm at a flower guy, honestly. All right. I'll try it. Oh, that like old school FK. But I love the, uh, we were just at Archives, shout out Archives Labs, and seeing how it was made with the ice water baths and shit. Literally, it's just ice. It was literally like, it was. it's just ice water. They just give it an ice bath. You sounded like the fucking Leah. No, no. I was just like, wait. <laughs> How long have we been going? It's it has it written. Look at the on oh, nope uh, right on the soundboard. Yes, <laughs> he doesn't even have the headphones on anymore. Forty five minutes, perfect. <laughs> Stop and edit it, right? 
No, we're just going to keep this going. Uh, no, this is fucked up. We just go how it goes. We just go how it goes. But no, those... What are you doing in town besides this? What? I'm just hanging out with Mar. We were just in Detroit. Oh, can you give your bruiser story? Oh, shout out Bruiser Brigade. Shout, shout out, out Skywalker. Skywalker. Um, party Supplies. Danny Brown. Um, my story. My How you met them, yeah. My little brother Gavin, he um, he's just a fan of hip hop, and we went to Fool's Gold Day Off. I've been to like, I went to all of them when they were free before it became like a thing, and they, they were the best concerts ever. Like I saw Virgil DJ there, um, Ben Trill, Ben Heron Preston, before there was Off White. I think Pyrex just started. Like that was one of the coolest things I've ever done was meet and see Virgil. That is, um, you met him? He wasn't anyone yet. Like, it wasn't, I was in the clothes and he was in music. So it was just someone I crossed paths with. Never got to, like, experience anything on the fashion side, sadly. But, yeah, like, we got backstage because of party supplies. My brother DM'd him before the show, and dude was like, yeah, I'll get you a pass. And then we ended up getting, gave us both passes, and I just remember, like, hanging out with ASAP Yams, ASAP Rocky, um, he was drinking Hennessy out of teacups with Danny Brown and Diplo. <laughs> that was definitely memorable. There's pictures. Like, it was a, it Do was you get starstruck anymore? Definitely. Bro. Like, I might, like, leave the event if I, like, had the opportunity to make me Jay-Z. Like, I might just get uncomfortable. Maybe not. Like, I might be on point in the moment. But I'm kind of like a – I'm not going to leave if I need to be there. But if I'm uncomfortable like, – Really? Who's made you uncomfortable? Jay-Z, like, that's the one person I'd love to meet. It's like, motivation, it's just Jay-Z. Yeah. But, um, you would pick the dinner with Jay-Z over the... Over the bread? Over the probably, million dollars? Probably because where I'm at in life right now, it's not... It's, there's so much opportunity in life that I feel like I could have something good to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Everything in life... <laughs> you take the money. Everything in life is about the connections, though. You never know who you meet, like, 10 years. You ever see someone that it's helps like you? Going wherever Jay-Z is, you might walk out of the building and meet someone. You're not probably not going to be at the building. You're not supposed to be at that building, so there's probably someone else yeah. around Jay-Z that might be interested by you, too. Like, it's not always just meeting Jay-Z. I just, like, I'm a fan. I'm yeah. Jay-Z He's my favorite rapper, this, that, and the third, like. I'd love to meet him. It's mad. Run away, but I'd probably be like, whoa. Yeah. Definitely a whoa factor. That would be me with Dave Chappelle, probably. Oh, thank you. Definitely up there. For comedians, Adam Sandler, I'd be woed by in person. I heard he's pretty down to earth, but I'd still just freak out. Yeah, he lives up in Manchester, or he li- he's from Manchester, New Hampshire, where uh, and he like is always up there just wearing his normal ass yeah, clothes. That's another one. It doesn't give a fuck. He'll just wear anything. Yeah, he's definitely one of my. <laughs> That I'd be like, whoa. Yeah. Like you just like, I would just need him to like start saying quotes from movies. Like, <laughs> I'd, God. I'd be like, yo, bro. Just say this. All right, maybe you should leave. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, he would just get, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, but like, I'm Jewish, so like Adam Sandler, it's not a lot of like popular Jews growing mm. up. Adam Sandler was the guy. He was the he top was three most popular Jews. Let's name them. I don't even know him. <laughs> Some business people. Somebody that owns all the record labels or something. Fucking. He's another famous Jew. Someone. Larry David. Oh, top of the list. He's oh. over Adam Sandler. Larry David? Larry yeah. David number one. Jerry Seinfeld. I don't even like Seinfeld that much. I'm going to offend Drake and Seinfeld in this podcast. (laughs) That is, um, since I was a kid, watching Curb Your Enthusiasm when I wasn't supposed to be with my dad. Like, oh yeah, that's real Jewish shit, bro. That is like my dad is like that. So like I saw a lot in Larry David like that I would see in my father. So it's just funny, like the goofiness and the. The quirkiness of Jews, it's just crazy how real it is. and They really portrayed that. He lives a real... <laughs> and that dude's hella rich. Oh, he's past rich, bro. He's like a he's fucking rich. close to being a billionaire or some yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah and he just... close to being a billionaire, they probably got $5 billion. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. There's so much. Those yeah. guys are so smart. Like we said, we're talking about Jewish people. <laughs> I'm not. I don't want people me talking about how wealthy it is it has nothing to do with him being Jewish. I just need to put that on camera. <laughs> that, that's something I realized though. Um Again, it comes to consistency, bro. My dad went to work every day. Jewish people at a point in time had to work a little harder, just like everyone. It's not like they're successful every time too. I'm not yeah. I'm not It's important to be diverse if you want to be good at business, too. Like, if you're judgy and you don't like that type of person, you're not going to be successful. So you have to accept everyone for who they are, where they're from, what they believe in. Some stuff doesn't need to be talked as much. But yeah. Other things, it's all important. We always talk about that shit, how it's like being, ra- it's just like, how, like, it's just stupid. Like, how are you going? Like, I don't get how someone thinks that's a successful way of thinking. It can't be like a, it's got to be like something besides it because it's got to be how people are brought up or something because we're all the same. You walk out the door with your eyes blindfolded and you're just talking to people. Besides accents, there's no way to tell someone's different. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's bigger people, there's smaller Unless you're people. ugly as hell. I'm just kidding. one person in the world that thinks they're not ugly. Oh, one hundred. Yeah, someone, someone has someone that's gonna fall in love with me. And you, you know, yeah, I was just being a dick. Yeah, you're good. You're about to catch. Fucking shit's gonna be freezing outside, slipping and sliding off this haircut. I know. I want to keep looking at it, but I gotta wait till the podcast is over. Would you ever shave your? Would you ever cut your hair all off? Shave your head? have to be a really good reason. Um, Are you, would you dreadlock it? I just kind of let it go. Like, I try to like pull it on myself. Keep it a little straight. But it just goes up in the hat 90% of the time. What? We haven't got a haircut. Um, since I was probably like 20 years old. 10 plus years. Really? Like and you own a fucking barber <laughs> shop. <laughs> But that is pretty ironic. That is pretty ironic that you own a barbershop. You haven't gotten a like, haircut in 20 years. Barbershop, I probably didn't even get my beard cut for years. Did you have a crazy beard? Yeah, like I let it go once in a while. You looked like a young Santa Claus. Yeah, you get the Jesus look once in a while. <laughs> my hair down. Where's the uh, craziest place you've smoked? Gavin, I need help with that. I'm not like a, I need to be triggered. Or tripped? Are you a mar- You said you're not a mushroom guy. Smoking like destination smoking. I don't know. Oh my god! Yeah. Got every Uber driver high. Got every tour guide high. The coolest places are, like, with certain people. Like, again, going back to Yamstead, that was a super sick event. Um, coach, you know, coach, you know, streets manager. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. I've known him since, like, 2012 at South by Southwest. Like, again, doing music stuff. Really? Damn. Um, he literally grabbed my hand. Like, I snuck all the way up to the front of the stage just as, again, a groupie fan. Supporting ASAP Yams, supporting the whole <coughs> ASAP movement. We've always been fans of them. And um, he just saw me, reached down on the 10-foot stage, pulled me up on stage. Uh, it was me, him, ASAP Rocky, Tyler, the creator, ASAP Berg, all just front row on the stage. They were performing. I was just, like, smoking. He just grabbed you randomly? A blunt. I dropped one, started rolling another one, got a little blunt lit on stage, and the show was over. Smoking backstage, like Drake was there, I think, or something. Rihanna was there. That's cr- 10 years ago you met Coach. Yeah, I kinda, that's my boy. Um, we don't really, like, work together in any aspect, but we've yeah. always seen each other throughout the years. Like, he's done things with things in New York City that I've done with the barbershop and, like, sneaker stuff and 
But yeah, we met at South by Southwest. I don't even know who we met through, but we like went to the Ilmore, the Fillmore, I forget what it was called. It was like this private artist, like the party for the artists at South by Southwest, and they had it every night. We like, everyone was there, like everyone that was performing in 2012 South by Southwest. That was like the biggest year of South by Southwest. Came to this party, it was like catered by like famous people's chefs and like free Tito's, like everyone had a bottle of champagne and Tito, like one of those big dollar parties. And that's where I like, I kind of hung out with him, smoked weed, met him, and going to New York City, doing stuff, seeing him. He's a good guy. And now he works with Rome. He's really, like, if I had to say I was proud of someone from like that I met that long ago. That's amazing. I didn't even realize. That's beautiful because he is, he's an amazing dude who's always been so helpful, helped me out in situations. Is the sound okay? Yeah, I'm not talking in the mic. Yeah. But yeah, he's a super consistent, hardworking person. I like, that's my bro. I appreciate everything he's doing. Rome's lit. They're lit. I think they're like European tour shit. That's just wild to like see where we came from. Yeah. We were just like kids at South by Southwest 10, 15 years ago. It's crazy. How do you see where like you came from? Like when you were selling your first pair of sneakers to I where was you out are? They're selling clothes. Like I was like where do I you brought s- extra hats and shoes to sell to rappers at South by Southwest. Like I was just there. Like I met so many people that changed my life. Like that was one of the turning points in my life where I realized I could get into doors. Like you can that's like a place where I like just go just keep going but do you see where you are now like where do you how do you feel about where you are now like i want more i want to do more um obviously i just opened this about a year ago this is super huge passion of mine is to make this work and grow and grow and grow um i want to put together some kind of foundation like if i could ever make enough money to give back send someone to barber school help them grow, become a barber, or help someone invest in a sneaker reselling. Something I'm good at where I could give back with some kind of, like, monetary, you know, like, something someone couldn't afford. Like, and I believe they could, like, do it. And money's going to give back. I'd like to do this with money. If it's money or not, I'm not going anywhere. That's beautiful. That's really what I want to do. I want to help people. I was sick and in the hospital when I was younger, so people donated and helped and were there for things like that. So I just feel like really everything I have to do, I have to give back. I want to give back. How it's old were you? Me. I was five years old when I first got sick. I had um, twisted intestines, basically like a common disease in infants, and they didn't notice it. So like five years old, I started throwing up one night, and I was in the hospital for two years in a coma for like six months. Really? I wasn't supposed to be here today. Um, I was legally dead for, like, flatline for eight seconds. Crazy things in my past. Everyone goes through something. I don't dwell on it. I don't talk about it. I have no small intestine. I shit a little more than everyone else. I'm not going to (laughs) complain. And that's where you think you have this, why you have this mindset of wanting. Doctors and nurses saving me. Um, People being there on holidays. People donating their money and time, gifts. I always had a Christmas. I always had a Halloween, even if I was unconscious. But, yeah, that shit is why I do all this shit. And that's why you want more and you want to be I don't have enough to give what I feel like I should be giving. So I got to work harder to get more, to give more. I still want a good life. I still enjoy fashion. I still enjoy vacation. I don't go on as many vacations as I should. I go on, like, one a year. But I still enjoy myself when I do take time off work. I go all out for myself. And you invest and you want to help people. So I think that's what's the most important thing. And that's what's beautiful. And that's why, man, I'm happy we got to do this. Yeah, this was awesome. This was awesome. I didn't expect it. Not at all. I was like, oh, bucked up's in town doing doing an interview. I'm like, oh, sick. Who? He's like, you. I'm like, Oh, who else? <laughs> like, maybe I thought it was like going to be a little group talking. And I was like, no, nah, I didn't expect this. This is sick for me. Like, I'm a fan of yours. 
Thank so, you, man. That means so, shout out Mark. Thank, shout out Exotic Roots. Shout out Mark. Definitely made this happen. Shout out to you for coming to Rochester to our new barbershop. We got to get you to meet Mike. Yeah. That would be a crazy interview. That would be a crazy interview. Interesting, interesting person. Hardworking again. Talented dude. And I got a fucking, I got a fucking live haircut on the podcast. Yeah, the podcast Thank you haircut. so much. Come, yo, come say your Instagram. Come tag your, get in the camera and say your shit. My IG is a Sanchez yeah, talk, underscore. Why do you talk like that when you're in the shop? Yo, yo, you know what I'm saying? My IG is a Sanchez underscore the barber. 20 years old barber, just grinding every day, man. Trying to be consistent, yeah. He works every day. 20. He's really man, one of the hardest working people. For I real. Know. Thank you for being a part of this. Man, dope as hell. This was a legendary podcast, one of a kind. Shout out you. Shout out you. Uh, where can people, what's the address? Where can people? Frank's Chop Shop, 127 East Ave, Rochester, New York. Um, we're open Monday through Saturday till like 6 to 8-ish usually. Earlier in the week, close at 6. In the shoe store? Shoe store is open every day, 12 to 5. I'm always there if you need anything. That's where you're going to find me. Um, I'm always there. Yeah, you need anything from toys, comic books, collectibles. Anything. I just got three free pairs of Yeezys yesterday. I was so That's happy, late. bro. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I did get some free Yeezys. Yeah, they were giving them shits out. <laughs> I got something. If we go over the store, I'll get your shirt or something. Oh, I don't, shit. I'm not much for giving out stuff, and I don't even like it. I mean, that would mean a lot. I, I would appreciate yeah, I that. I, love, like, I got respect for Kanye. Whatever is going on right now, but I, I'm a strictly Nike. Like, You're I, a Nike I, guy? 150 pairs are Nikes, Jordans. Really? Yeah, black. Damn, where's your shop? I want to check it out. Yo, check it out. It's right around the corner. All right. Thank you guys for listening. This has been dope. This has been bucked up. Thanks Peace so out. Thank you, everyone.